Back away from the console. Put your hands in the air. I won't ask you again, Mud. Actually, you will. But before then, would you please tell me how to work these controls? No. I understand that the drive system is what's special about this ship. Back away, but over the fire. life of me, I can't... Figure out what these contraptions do, or what they connect to. Warning. Critical drive overload in 60 seconds. Can we just jump ahead to the part where you tell me how to make these systems operational, please? I've got some Klingons on the hook. You might want to hurry. We're getting close to that point where, you know... Computer beam intruder to the bridge. I've created a containment field to protect me on this side of the room. You really think I would forget to take control of the computer? Warning. Critical drive overload. You are mad. No. I'm mud. Now, will one of you tell me how to work this damn system? As days go, this is a weird one. Hello and welcome to Snap Trek, the podcast which compares three episodes of the galaxy's greatest sci-fi franchise, Star Trek. I am three of your hosts, Ross Webster, and as ever, I'm joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hello, Ross and Ross and Ross. How are you? <laughs> I am well, good and fine. How about yourself? <laughs> I am well, good and fine also. I am excited. Excellent. <laughs> this is a pretty special snap trick for us. Yes. This is the big 5-0. Can you believe it? I, I actually, <laughs> no, I can't believe it. I cannot <laughs> believe this is happening to us. 50 episodes of snap trick. That's incredible. We've done this 50 times. That's a temporal causality loop if I ever heard one. That, that's why it's so perfect now and just absolutely flawless. Because we're oh, so, yes, we, we're, we've got it down. We've got it down. We've got yeah. it down we never make mistakes ever. Never. never. <laughs> and so for the 50th episode of Snap Trek, we have something a little different. Uh, and I'm very excited to bring this one to you. Some kind of game? I've never seen that one before. How do you play? So during each Snap Trek, we compare the episodes using a variety of categories and we select a scene or line or prop which we think is excellent and we award three points to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap Trek is a competition, but it's played just for fun. The real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek. We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at SnapTrack. Please do send us your ideas for episode comparisons and the categories we could use. And of course, send us your Star Trek three-line haiku. <laughs> for this episode of SnapTrack, we find ourselves caught in a deadly repeating time loop, which could result in an explosive finale for this SnapTrack. We find ourselves caught in a deadly repeating time loop, which could result in an explosive finale for this SnapTrack. We find ourselves caught in a deadly repeating time loop, which could result in an explosive you can finale press the shuttle for our hero ships. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to watch Discovery Season 3, Episode 3, <laughs> Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. And Jen? And I was lucky enough to watch TNG Season 3, Episode 3, Cause and Effect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. A perfect comparison, which I can't believe we've never done before. How have we never because... thought of this before? 
before. It's it definitely seems never so obvious <laughs> that these two should be compared, but but nothing's coming through. Nothing's coming through. Yeah. So this was we did this uh, back in episode four of the podcast. We threw it in episode three. It should have been episode three. Why did we not think of that? <laughs> we did not plan that well. <laughs> um, but the reason we thought to redo this one was because this is our biggest, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disparity. But it's just, yeah. But, but this is our biggest point differential episode. Ah. It caught, and uh, cause, well, unless you include um, threshold versus, um the visitor but that makes sense that the threshold that threshold only got that threshold only got two pity points that we threw at it (laughs) but but in episode (laughs) but in episode four here cause and effect only got two points and 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 magic to make the sanest man go mad is a a fabulous episode but so is cause and effect and that just seemed like we, we didn't complete the loop adequately we need, we need another go-round. We need, need another, another attempt to make sure we, we get the timeline aligned yes. correctly. Exactly. Otherwise, who yes. knows what's going to happen. Right. Otherwise, we'll be doing this episode again, and you'll have to hear us. And, yeah, on in, our in 50th episode. time, we'll do it again. <laughs> oh, my God. We've just set ourselves up for what we're going to do. There might be another time loop episode by then know. as well to throw. Yes. Who knows? Oh, man. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> I can see Prodigy doing a, a time loop episode. I can see it. Yeah, they've already done a, a wonderful. They, they they've what they've done with time travel is, is also unique, just as unique as as Cosmic was back in the day when it first aired. Uh, so yeah, it could be, could be. Okay, so let's get this underway. Commander, I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. Let's begin with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Jen, I would love to hear your lyrical recap of Cause and Effect. Okay, well, after hearing your introduction, I should have had a three-line haiku. I could have oh. just done that and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I did something ridiculous, so bear with me. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's do so, it. So, I, I, so what I did was I... Um, I made some new lyrics to the song Three is a Magic Number. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yes. And it's really not about the episode, it's more like a Star Trek version of Schoolhouse Rock. So it's, you know. I <laughs> so, am here for this. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm doing this. <laughs> Bear with me. Okay. Three is a magic number. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a magic number. Somewhere in the future, Mr. Trinity, you get three as a magic number. Kirk and Bones and Spock, Archer, Trip and T'Pol, Vorta, Jem'Hadar founders give you three as a magic number. It takes three points to triangulate a signal if there's one you need to locate. <laughs> That's why you need three transporter enhancers to get a lot. <laughs> Three-dimensional chess looks fun. TNG season three is a classic one. It's one of the best. You don't have to guess. When it's three, you can see it's a magic number. <laughs> a man and a woman had some lizard babies. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> they had three abandoned lizard babies. Three. 
And that's a magic number. Wolf 359, Unification 3, Paris 3, that's Shay Sandrine's. <laughs> Outpost on Cestus 3, Disco's in the 32nd century. Section 31, the 37th, Where's Juge? Means three ships and three Riker pips, of course. Give you three, and that's a magic number. Three is a magic number. <laughs> that's really good. Oh my god, you got every major three. Oh, oh my, my god, that was fantastic. Well, that must have taken you absolutely ages to do that. That was so good. You know, it's funny because Three is a Magic Number is a song that just frequently gets in my head. I don't know why. Like, it's I guess just because it's a song I've known since I was, you know, like five. Three. <laughs> three, since I was three, right. <laughs> and uh, so it really just, you know, well, let's find some Star Trek threes and put them in there. <laughs> that so, is so was- good. That is so good. You've well, done an excellent you. job. Nice, you, nice. We get in the the three ships and the three lizard babies in one poem. Very good. It's a whole, you know, you know, Star Trek universe here. Get it, get it on there. All right, All right, let's do. Let's hear magic to make the sanest man go mad. So I have, uh, I've, I was thinking about haiku, but I've gone with a limerick, and um, this limerick celebrates. One of the smaller moments of the episode, uh, and interestingly, is not part of the time loop. Mm. So it's called A Whale of a Time. (laughs) (laughs) Mud won't stick around and won't tell her. Turns out he's not that interstellar. He'll pay for his crime, says proud Baron Grimes. Stella still feels the felon's a fella. (laughs) (laughs) Stella! Oh my god! Oh man, I yeah, I I I love that part. I love how they they threw in that the plot line with Stella. It, it <laughs> was so good, yeah, so good. <laughs> watching watching that episode again, I was really oh, caught up in how really really good that episode was. Yeah, oh yeah, like the lethe oh. magic to make the sanest man go mad. It's like a high point in Discovery. Yeah. The two episodes Same. back to back, I was like, this is the turning point where this is. Is that really is. back to back? Yeah. That's that's a hell of a run. Yeah. <laughs> Those two episodes, they are that's so good. good. Those are some of Discovery's best episodes, for sure. Yes. yes. Um, now I want to confirm they are back to back. I'm sure they are back to back. Now I've said that out loud. But they're, they're just two phenomenal episodes. Yeah, and I honestly so thought, my God, this is a turning point this episode of the series. So <laughs> if good. they can keep this up. <laughs> and watching it, watching it again, the momentum for Magic to make the Sony go mad, yeah. it's so good. It starts right from that first scene. The pacing mm-hmm. is just so snappy and hilarious. Yeah. I don't know who directed that episode, but they did a phenomenal job. Just the yeah. way the scenes flow together, the 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 montages. I mean, it just works so well. Yeah. You feel like you're in a loop. You feel like it's going around and around and around because it's so quick. Uh, it's great. Really well done. Yeah, it's it's never. It, I mean, it's obviously repetitive, but it's never dull. <laughs> 
not you at know, all. They, they go through it like like you said that just the the you're right i think it is the pacing that they go through it with like they don't um they don't drag it out like they, they give you the information you need for that loop and it's, it's so well done and the conversations are they're quite funny conversations but then you get to see like a variation on the funny conversation and yeah. that's that's interesting like yes tyler and burnham <laughs> You could watch an entire episode of them bantering because it oh, is yeah. funny. And it is like, oh, what's going on? Will they, won't they? She's so Vulcan and she's so reserved <laughs> and he's so forward. And it just, it's so good. It's so well done. I really loved it. It made me miss Tyler as well. I like, oh. Yes. Yeah. I, I felt like we didn't get enough of him. Same. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping we'd see him again, maybe, you know, back in that century. You know, he's, I'm he's there. So as well. He yeah, is he's, there. He's still there. You know, when Strange New Worlds is, so maybe we'll get to see him. Section thirty one could be a, a bad guy in Strange New Worlds, right? A bad guy. A good, I mean, he could be a good guy. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> take him any direction. I don't care. Like that actor's really good. He was such an interesting <laughs> character as well. Yeah. The idea that we've got. I mean. They did it. They played it for laughs in uh, Trouble with Tribbles. That you've got a Klingon trapped in a human body. But it's such a weird idea that you are not the species you consider yourself to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, What a what a cracking idea! Uh, Yeah, and he oh, and he does such a good job with it too. Like I I keep thinking about I can't remember what episode it is now, but they're playing some Klingon game. And he like the Klingon comes out in him. And this is the last episode of series one. Yeah. Yes. The, yes. Yes. Cause that's right. Cause yeah. they're on Kronos. Yeah. And, um, in like the shade ball area, Kronos. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah. And he it, like, but it just like, it just like pops out of him. He just like snaps right into the Klingon and, and it, it looks energized. Like it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I, I loved it. I really wanted to see a lot more of that. I thought the Klingon yeah. war arc was a great, yeah. Like, a, a great point yeah. yeah he's a great character and him he and Burnham like are, are really cute like I I like book for where she is now like I like you know I I like that couple but I thought he was a pretty good first uh first love <laughs> for her I, I, he was you know I thought they complimented each other really, I, I until, thought they were great you know, and, uh, and maybe it's murder just murder watching her. this <laughs> well yeah I mean, <laughs> Whatever was that happened in the mirror universe, I guess. Yeah. After you watch that. <laughs> but yeah, watching them like have a chat in the, you know, in the, the they're chatting in the mess. It yeah. just looks so natural and it works so yes. well. I, yeah. I feel, yeah, oh, they, I they just have a natural good. chemistry. Yeah. I've missed that. Yeah. And uh like, this is genuinely a winning episode. We've talked a lot about magic to make the Sony's man go mad. Cause and effect cause is and effect. also one of the, the, the like, best episodes. The like original time loop. <laughs> yeah. episode, you know, it's amazing what they did. Like, like it's so different. I, I, I like, I, I can't. And this, this came out in 1992, and like how how different of an episode of television that was in 1992. You know, like, like, you, you, I, like, would you even know what was going? Like, like, did I even know what was going on the first time I watched it? I don't. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, like the first, like when the when the when you see the the poker game again and you're like what is happening <laughs> you know like, like did i need the explanation this because now it's like oh time loop <laughs> yeah. but we can say like oh time loop because of cause and effect you know <laughs> yeah potentially i mean time loop is one of those it's a sci-fi trope isn't that time right. loop? but but when it's done really well right I mean, it, yeah like i don't think they invent it 
the content. No, the time no, but, but they definitely on television. television. I'm anyways, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It's phenomenally well done. Yeah, and it's just really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poker game was a good idea too to kind of, um, you know, seeing the variations in the poker game. Yeah, I mean, hell, that's why there's a party in Magic to make the Saint Mango mad. Yes, <laughs> it's like the downtime. Um, it's 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 a lot easier to kind of put put that kind of idea across. As yeah, because to, like, on the on the bridge. It would have been very formulaic, wouldn't it? If the same, yeah. you know, sensor sensor anomaly. I mean, you could have uh, yeah. varied it and had conversations, but having a party and seeing all the different directions things yeah. things could go—that's interesting. That's fun. Right. Okay, let's right. do this. Let's let's, do let's get this comparison on the go. What should we do for the first? I know what we should do for the first first category. We should look for best causality loop cause. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's it's funny because since we've done this episode before, I thought we'd have a hard time coming up with categories. Actually, we had a hard time <laughs> narrowing it down, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we had this long list <laughs> of categories. I think we just, you know, we've gotten better at, at coming up with categories. That's one of the most fun parts to me is coming yeah. up with this long list of ridiculous categories. Is <laughs> seeing how the different, how both episodes, you know, have these similarities. But um, yeah, so we're doing all new categories for this redo. Okay, so let's start. Okay, so you said best cause of the causality. Best causality loop cause. Causality loop cause. I love it. Okay, so in cause and effect, we have entered the Typhon Expanse. That's a pretty good name. Um, and they come across a highly localized distortion of the space-time continuum on the sen- the sensors. <laughs> and, um, and they're there checking it out, uh, and all of a sudden the distortion field fluctuates and there's a big buildup of energy and, and out of, out of the, um, out of the distortion comes a ship. Uh, which we, you know, we'll find out later is the USS Bozeman. Uh, but so they collide with the Bozeman in the original time loop. They they collide with the Bozeman, and it's apparently it's that explosion itself ruptures the space time continuum and throws them into the actual, um, you know, causality loop, the fragment of time they describe it as uh, that they're in. So. So that's so, it's sounds like it could be a genuine workplace hazard. Yeah, I know, how, right? <laughs> you know, could we all how is this gonna happen? <laughs> Maybe that's why the sensors, you know, like had an alarm for uh, you know, a distortion in the space time continuum. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Avoid, you know, no flammable objects around <laughs> the distortion. <laughs> so yeah, they don't really explain how that that, you know, I guess I guess just a buildup of energy, you know, could cause a rupture and they get you know thrown into that little rupture of time but um but yeah that's that's pretty neat it works i mean as far as as like you know what i always look for when there's these like sciencey techno babble reasons for things is is does it pass like a superficial like oh that could that could work kind of test you know <laughs> like because once you dig into anything too far you're gonna find because they're because it's not real you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're going to find like little holes to poke into. But but this passes the test of like that. OK, that, that makes sense. Like, I get it. It's easy to understand. It's it's um, it's fun. Like <laughs> and it's something that like when Jordy was describing what was happening, like even when I was like, gosh, how old was I? 1992, you know, like 14 or whatever. I, I could understand what was happening. Um, and it's pretty neat and neat as in tidy and neat as in like cool. <laughs> I like it yeah. when time, time explanations and temporal problems are paradoxically explained as well. Like, yeah, it's the explosion yes. which caused yes. the time loop, which has caused right. the explosion, which caused the time. Right. Loop. <laughs> yes. like, well, what, what came first then? But I love that. Like, cause that's a, yeah. that's a temporal, that's temporal mechanics right there. That's yeah. why it gives Janeway a headache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, what okay. was the initial chicken or the egg? But For magic to make the same man go mad, the causality loops were caused by a Harcourt Fenton mud who was utilizing time crystal technology. A brilliant name. It not you know there are a few Star Trek characters that we know all their names: James Tiberius Kirk, Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Yeah, to the top. Does John Luke? Does John Luke Picard have a middle name? I've got no idea. Maybe. Um, time crystal technology. He has an armband, which he allows them to access a larger time crystal technology uh, and access a non-equilibrial state. And uh, Burnham says this technology is too unpredictable, therefore must have been perfected by four-dimensional beings. And he's <laughs> stored his time ship inside the go- the poor Gormaglander oh, has got a gigantic starship inside it. And um, it's different. The causality loop is different in magic because Mud is in charge of it. So he can bring it to an end. It's a 30-minute time loop but he can sort of bring it to an end whenever he wants and sort of reset it. And the, his, he, he can, because he remembers everything that's happening from the previous loops, it's always very different from his perspective. It's never the same thing. It's the same 30 minutes, but he's always in a different part of the ship, talking to a different person, exploring mm-hmm. something differently. Uh, although it always begins at the same point, he quickly can access all the computer systems and so it changes very quickly. Um, but it's time crystal technology. And, of course, we revisit, we revisit the time crystals in Series 2 uh, on Borath. Uh, and we see Chris Pike use them to see into the future. And, of course, to, to recreate the, the Red Angel technology. Um, but this is where they first... This is where we first heard of them. Didn't we hear about them actually in uh, Endgame? Didn't didn't Admiral Janeway use a time crystal uh, to go back in time in Endgame? Maybe <laughs> she she had some temporal technology. Yeah. The Klingons. Oh yeah, that's right because the Klingons had it. Yeah, the she got it from the Klingons. Yeah. I'm not sure whether they called it a time crystal or whether it was just time technology. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, it was uh, a time crystal. What do you reckon? What's uh? What do you think about the time crystals? <laughs> oh, it's funny because it 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 just sound it sounds ridiculous when you first hear as like oh time crystal <laughs> like 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 they just came up with something that's just like a throwaway line to try to explain why they're in a time loop, but the fact that they brought it 
like back and it became like a major <laughs> part of of the of the series like i'm all on board now with time crystals sure there's time <laughs> why not time crystals i think it's a very sort of I love 30s it. sci-fi idea to have to just call something <laughs> it's a it's a time crystal time crystal <laughs> it's very like doc you know original series doctor who yeah but yeah, yeah. but if you like you know it's time that's been compressed into a lattice form it's solid time and you're like <laughs> that's that's just that's just a weird idea then an idea that you have to even think about before you can sort of understand what you said. Uh, so I'm I'm behind time crystals. I, I I appreciate them. I appreciate them in in the sense of too, like like time as a crystal is interesting because a crystal is you know a lattice of the same thing over and over again. Yes. So so like you feel you know so, so you can kind of picture like like time is you know like distinct pockets of the same you know of time over and over again. And if you manipulate that in any way, then you can do weird things with time. Like that's cool. Like time as a crystal is, is neat, you know, because because you because you think about like what like what's weird things you do with crystals. You you can make them resonate, right? Or you can make or like if if you make you you put light through it and, and and it you know it becomes a prism and like the different spectrums go in different directions. Like you know what I mean? Like there's just all kinds of weird things that can happen to crystals. And if you kind of like extrapolate that to time, like all kind of weird things you can do with time, like that's you know what I mean. Like it's a, it's a Ooh, neat analogy. I, w- you know? I really wish they considered this in universe. <laughs> I wish this had been a thing they talked about. This sounds great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there, it's just it's I, I like the things like that that give you a lot of things that you can like headcanon yourself into, you know, in, into thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like uh, the time crystals. I think yeah, I funny. think I, I, I want to see more time crystals was, based, based on that I, idea. I have to admit, when it first came out, though, that I was like, okay, time crystals, sure. <laughs> so, but it did grow on me as like it beca- as they as they fleshed that out a little bit, and as it became like a bigger thing, because now it's like, okay, now you need a time crystal to make this suit work. Okay, like I'm, I'm I get that. <laughs> like that's how you power a time traveling angel suit. <laughs> Yeah, of course you. Yeah, of course that, you but use a time. Of course crystal. you need a time crystal to to power that. Obviously, <laughs> right? I mean, what else? It makes perfect sense now, and I'm totally on board with it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm happy enough with time crystals. I don't yeah. have a massive problem with time crystals. Um, <laughs> you know, some sometimes it's nice to have some really strange techno bubble. Yes, oh, I'm a big techno bubble fan. I mean, we accept dilithium crystals, and they are. That's just yeah. like. Warp, warp, warp power crystallized. I have no idea how it works. I don't know what the warp, I don't know what the dilithium does. Well, um, that, yeah, dilithium, like, kind of, um, it, it, it kind of, mo- it, it, it moderates the reaction between the matter and the antimatter. I see. So, yeah. So it's analogous to, like, a control rod in a nuclear reactor. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, you're right. I never thought like, oh yeah, crystals. That's what they. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Where are we going? Where, where's our first first points going for our first round? Oh man, that's a that's a challenging one. The, uh, right off the bat, we've got a challenging. I know. I know. Point one here because. Oh man, because the temporal causality loop—it's classic. It it's very classic. it's very good and paradoxical as well, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what? I think, okay, I'm going to give it to cause and effect only because if taking in, taking just in the episode, um, the time crystal 
for magic to make the Saints man go mad might seem a little bit too uh, hand wavy. If if that's all you know, you know, if that's the only one you say, if you didn't know, like time crystals be were like a bigger thing. Yes, it's basically just oh he's he must have a time crystal that he you know that some fourth dimensional beings uh, made into a time watch. <laughs> Like, yeah, and that's like all the explanation we get. He, he can access <laughs> the time technology he bought, he bought on eBay, right? And that's, yeah, yeah. This, it must be it must have a time crystal in it. Yeah, versus like the you know the the, the temporal causality loop is a little bit more. Uh, it, it, it you know if you just take just those explanations independently, it's a little bit more thought out. Um, well, an anomaly is classic, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah, it's an anomaly. Yeah. It's a classic, a classic right. reason classic. to have anything happen in Star Trek. <laughs> Just down to the anomaly, the effect of the anomaly. <laughs> exactly. How about you? Where's your point going? So, where are your three points going? <laughs> oh, um, I am going to give my point to. I'm going to give it to call uh, to cause and effect as well, because I do I do appreciate that it's an anomaly, and I like that in Star Trek. I like it's an anomaly. I don't dislike the time crystals. I do think. I, I am open to having the universe be a weird place and have that has lots of weird stuff in it. So a time crystal doesn't necessarily offend me or bother me. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that the time loop in cause and effect is sort of has a paradoxical element to it. Whereas in magic, it's it's mud, it's mud's manipulation that's that's causing time to to, to leap. So if he hadn't intervened, no, there would have been no time loop. Yeah. But in cause and effect. There was always a time loop, or yeah, maybe maybe there wasn't. Not sure, but uh, yes, yeah, so I'm giving mine to cause and effect as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, I, I'm happy with my point going to cause and effect, but there also is something very cool about of the villain um, using time as a weapon. Yeah, like that's I, uh, unique and that's cool. Um, so yeah, but as far as points go, cause and effect has six. <laughs> Magic has <laughs> right. If we keep doing this, I'm gonna get very confused. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll write. I've got it written down. <laughs> All right. Where should we go for round two? All right. So now we know our causality loop causes. Let's uh, let's take that knowledge and let's use our best interloop communication method okay best interloop communication method so i'm going to come out and say when this happened in the series i absolutely loved it um (laughs) i love the fact that because he has combined with tardigrade dna stamets exists outside of time it's amazing I thought that was so clever yeah. and such a, like an excellent, you know, a, an outside the box. I didn't think of that at all. Yeah. And now we're going to come buy it. So, like I totally yeah, buy I did. it. Yeah. I was there for it. I thought that's <laughs> so good. And I'd love to see them do more with the idea that he's not part of the same time frame as everyone else. I thought that was really funny and really clever. Um. And that he could like remember everything that's occurring in every one of the loops yeah. makes sense because he is living each of them as if they're happening, the same as Mud's living them. Right. What he struggles to do is convince anyone 
that what he's saying is true. That's because the tardigrade DNA has made him go crazy. And you see in the opening scenes of this episode, Stamets acting totally out of character, waving and smiling and asking personal questions in a non-threatening manner. He is... He's hilarious. He's hyped up on tardigrade DNA, yes. And it's so <laughs> funny to watch because I, I do like Stamets. I like Stamets the curmudgeon. I like that. Yeah. I think he's yeah, good at right. it. And I liked him as a character. And I loved it when he twisted to become this sort of yeah. mushroom zoom yes. head. <laughs> I thought it was so really funny. funny. And this really is funny. the one where it works the best. Yes, agreed. So he's... He's experiencing the time loops and trying to convince people they have to stop the time loop. And the first pit, the, the person he wants to convince the most is Burnham. And so he, he goes to her over everyone else. I'm not sure necessarily why he picks her out of everyone, but he does. He selects her. And then there has to be a sort of a chain of people telling other people. So... Stamets has to convince Burnham to trust him. And that sets up like a repeating chain of interlooping communication where Stamets tells Burnham, who tells Tyler. Tyler tells Lorca. And they have to do this a couple of times <laughs> in order to actually make it work. Right. And, you know, so much of the episode is Stamets trying to convince Burnham and then Burnham trying to convince Tyler. And after that, Tyler explains to Lorca and he just seems to take it in his stride. But by that point, we're also on board with the idea that there's a time loop. I guess we don't need to see the time loop be explained to somebody again. Um, But it's so funny and it's so well done. Stamets exists outside of time, so he can tell people what's going on in an absolute, here's what's happening every 30 minutes, here's the person it is, here's what we're going to do about it. But because nobody believes anything he says... He has to work extra hard to make that happen every 30 minutes within the time loop. So another aspect of why Magic is such a great episode is the way they play with communication and play with the the personality of the characters to make the episode work. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great device, you know, for, for, for this you know, to get them out of this time loop. But it's also mm-hmm. just, like you said, it's just, it's just a really funny character bit to have Stamus yeah. be the one who can, who can, who has this magic power, basically. <laughs> this is also magic to make the sanest man go mad. It's, yes, you absolutely. know, it's making uh, Stamets go mad. <laughs> it's blowing up over and over again every 30 minutes. Um, and, and it's, 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 you're right. It's, he's funny in the beginning. He's, you know, and, before he has a plan, I love I like when they um he bumps into Burnham and Tyler, and he's like he's like hey no worries or you know whatever he says. And, why, and like, why are we concerned and, uh, about a random interaction? Right, right, and and, and Doctor Culver is like apologizing for him <laughs> as if like you know how like when, when you're apologizing for like your drunk friend, you know he's like sorry he's yeah. not himself right now. You know? And that was that was great. What oh, so I thought funny. the Culver Stamets direction there was perfect. I mean, this whole yeah. episode is really good. Yeah, this whole episode. Oh, I just love it. But yeah, they they they. I think they they created a really believable, you know, within the the science of the show reason for him to be able to do that. And then they they really nailed the execution of it. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh. All right. So in um, cause and effect, we have um, what we find out are distortions in the Decion field. Uh, <laughs> Don't you hate when that bloody Decion. So, you mean the time field? <laughs> the time, yeah. So, well, the Decion field. Please come on. <laughs> so, but uh, so it starts. It starts off uh, uh, with um, we see uh, apparently Crusher and and others on the ship are hearing these temporal echoes, you know, of things that happened in the previous loop, um, and you know, then several characters end up starting to have deja vu. Um, at Jordy's visor, um, there's a phase shift in his visual receptors on his visor and all of these things are caused by the distortions in the Decion field. Uh, so once they figure that out through, you know, loop after loop, they, they figure this out. And, um, and so they decide to, to take this, use this to their advantage and send a deliberate uh, Decion emission into the next loop. Um, and lucky for them, they have, well, lucky for them that they had Jordy's visor, you know, someone wearing a visor like Jordy said, they, they could figure this out. And then also lucky for them, they had data who's they, you know, they decided that if these Decion emissions are modulated correctly, uh, he, they say it will set up resonances in his positronic subprocessors. <laughs> A resonance? That sounds like something a crystal yeah. might do. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's a time word. You know, resonance is a time, you know, is a time word. And uh, Data's uh, subconscious will catch it. And we don't know what form that's going to take. So that's Love really it. interesting because, you know, you, you see them do this and you don't even, the way they do it is really cool because they don't, it, it, they know that the, the, um, the message has to be short. And, you know, it's going to be like, like one word or one phrase or, you know, whatever. And they don't know what, what to do, but you see, you know, at the end of this loop, right before the enterprise explodes again, you see data type something into the thing and you don't know what he's typing, you know, which I really like the way he did that. Cause then you're like, oh my God, this next loop, what is going to happen? <laughs> you know? And uh, so you could, you know, you don't know that it's three, three is the, is the magic number, <laughs> and, uh, you know? So, so then, you know, all the, all the instances of three occur in the, in the next uh, in the next loop, and and no one really knows what that means until the very end when you know data data figures out that it's Riker's pips on his collar, and they should listen to, to Riker's idea and and uh, you know classic Star Trek last second, you know they they do what they need to do and and avoid the collision. Um, who who was it who suggested? Because there were a few courses of action, wasn't there? That data was decided. There were two courses of action. Riker says, yeah. uh, "Vent the cargo bay and uh, push us out of the way." What was the yeah. other suggestion? And then uh, what they did was data suggestion, which was uh, use the tractor beam to try to push the other ship uh -huh, out of the way. Yes. Yeah, and that did, was not enough force to, you know, those clunky old, you know, ships. <laughs> what is it? I forget the, the Soyuz class ship. <laughs> Yep. Many years ago, they're very clunky. <laughs> the tractor beam couldn't move it that much, but uh, but the venting the uh, the uh, shuttle bay was the right call. Gave them enough, yeah. just enough, so that they cleared the ship. I thought the I thought the the creepy deja vu and the 
the the sort of the hearing the voices was nicely was creepy enough and worked yes. well. Yeah. But Especially the, when the, you didn't know what was happening. You know, yeah. The first, like, the first yes. time she hears them, you're like, what is going on? But the yeah. threes, the appearance of all the threes. Yes. That is just stylish and cool. I, yeah. I loved it. I yeah. love that that kept happening. And that they're trying to explain it. And like, I've noticed uh, an unusual instance of the number three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lots of threes. And I thought that was really clever. And then like the mystery of what the hell does three mean? What, yeah. What is yes. that trying to yeah. tell you? Yeah, because um, we didn't even know. Yeah. No, I really liked that. I thought that was really cleverly done. That was really cool. Uh, and that Riker got it right, you know, Riker's gut got it right versus Data's ability to compute it a fraction of a second. Um, who knew? <laughs> yeah, always, I, I, I always room for the humans. I, I would have, I would have taken Data's suggestion probably also, right? Of course. <laughs> but never That's bet cool. against Riker, ever. No. Well, and that's what we've all learned. Right. We've all learned that now. Well, except unless you're Beverly Crusher when you uh, call his bluff and, and beat his ass in poker, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which is great. No, but and I was I was joking a little bit about all the techno babble, but it, it, it I mean, it, it, it's it again, it passes the shallow. This could work test, you know, that's all I care about. You know, it really does. I, I mean, the way they, they, they described um, what was happening as, as after images in time, which I thought was a, a very romantic turn of phrase. And uh, the fact that they would take that, that you could take that and somehow purposefully make an after image in time like that. Like that, that was just a neat idea. It's neat the way they did it. And, and then yeah. it was three and we didn't know why. And that was really cool too. Cause we learned a lot. I like that, that, that poker scene was really cool when it was, he, he um, they thought they knew what the cards were going to be, but it was, it was everyone got a three and then everyone got three of a kind. Yeah, and that, and that was really cool because that was like, oh, that's creepy and weird, and we don't know why three's the the message. Like, okay, now I understand that three's the message, but why? <laughs> and it's not all what we were expecting either. And they yeah. were expecting, yes. and that's like, uh, and that was nice because they'd done it before where they'd all like named their cards, yeah, yeah, and then they done it differently again. So yeah, that having the having the thing they could visually see this is so different yeah. and not all we expected and freaky. Yeah. And I thought, really nicely. And I thought they did a really nice time a job too filming all the like poker scenes, for instance, a little bit differently, um, that it, it didn't get boring. You know, you know, TNG is more of a talky, talky show, you know, but they still, it still wasn't, no loops were, they, they, they weren't the same enough that it was boring ever. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, not in the slightest. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was, that was really neat. It was really neat. And Data, you know, had to save the day. You know, Data had to f- figure out what the message meant. And yeah, so he still saved the day, and, even and if his track yeah. <laughs> idea was wrong. He still <laughs> saved the day anyway. <laughs> Riker right. didn't have that That's idea. Right. Well, yeah, like and like I said, they wouldn't have been able to do this at all if they didn't have Geordi's visor and Data. You know that those were two things they needed to figure this out and send a message into the next uh, loop. You know, they would have just been stuck forever colliding with. Uh, Frasier <laughs> was for those two things, you know. That's really neat. Like, I think that's cool too. Like, that I always thought that was neat. Geordie's visor does a lot of saving. It I does. Know, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that Geordie's visor does. It probably right. should be standard equipment, right? Everyone, everyone should have a visor. Yeah. Right. Where's your points going for best ah. interloop communication? 
Oh, man. Like, why do you got to do this to me? The, <laughs> the classic threes versus Stamets, Mushroom Stamets. Like, is there <laughs> And the threes has made its way into, like, you know, Star Trek culture. Yeah. You know, like we we know a... what threes are. We know what threes represent. It's classic. It's classic. It's classic, but I, oh, man. I'll give a point. Hmm. I just love. I just love the way they gave themselves something to play with, with in Discovery, with mm-hmm. having a person exist outside of time, and a reason, like a legit reason for it happening. Yeah, like that again p- passes the shallow tests. I love that. It's absolutely where my point's going. I I love I (laughs) love the fact they did it. I wish we'd seen more of that kind of time is out of is is out of focus, but we've got someone a man for the job. Yeah, I wish we'd seen a lot more of that. So I'm giving mine to magic. Yeah, same here. It's just it's just a really clever idea, and uh, I I mean the, the mycelial network in general is is really cool. Uh, I mean, it's a really, it's a really usable <laughs> for a lot of things device to have, you know, you know, like, yeah, essentially like, accessing another dimension, yeah, uh, another reality. Yeah. And I, I yeah, feel like, I, like I feel like we've lost it a, a bit, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like yeah. we don't, once we'd met the, the, I can't remember the name of the species that lives there or one of the, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we knew one. their names. Yeah. May or <laughs> the, the Jarsep. The Jarset. Oh, okay. I can't remember. I, I can't realize I remember that. Wow, um, good job! I'm impressed. I, I'm disappointed we haven't heard more from them because they're still they're still flipping around in the mycelial network. What happened to the mycelial network yeah. in the thirty second century? Right. Um, I thought there was a bit more to do there. I, I yeah. I'd like to see. Yeah. That anyway, and and like um like book. Well, I don't want to say too many spoilers for the last season of Discovery, but I um, I've not seen that. Oh, you haven't seen? Okay, I won't say anything then. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh my goodness, right. I, I won't know. say anything. I know. Um, <laughs> after two, my points were everything I was going to say was decidedly clever, though. Just <laughs> oh, well, well, doubtlessly, Jen. I I didn't think anything less. I just assume that's what it's going to be. Oh man. Okay. All after right. two <laughs> rounds, it's two points each. Six points each. Oh crumbs! All right, six, six points. All right. If you're doing, if you we did everything in threes, so I've got it. To you. All right. I'm um, all right. Where are we going next? So now that we have figured out some interloop communication, what is the best advice that we are given? Best advice. What's best advice. Okay. So we have. I just have. To, I, I'm going to lose this category. I, I'm if you pick, if you don't pick a funny one, <laughs> I'm gonna lose this category because that's part of one of the greatest things of this episode. <laughs> so, but so I had so we had some, uh, so well some mine are all just like funny ones, funny Go advices on, like um well we we have a just a straight up one that's not funny that's just uh Crusher doing like. The doctor bit of of you know, doctor, my arm hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because oh. you know, she's because Jordy's getting dizzy and she tells him to stay away from high places, and that just makes 
<laughs> Frank Stokes. Well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, but we do have two two funny ones, and the, and the first one is is funny because um, it's during the poker game, and uh, and this is funny because cr- this is also a crusher moment. Uh, uh, the, data deals the hand. And Crusher has the two queens, so she's got the you know the highest hand. So she's sitting there thinking what she wants to do for her bet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Data goes like, "Try like Data doesn't mean this in any way because he's Data, but he's like, may mm-hmm. I remind you that since you show the highest hand, you control the next bet." And she goes, "She goes, thank you, Data." But then she gives him this like exacerbated look, like, like "Fuck you," you know. <laughs> Just her reaction is so funny. It makes me laugh every time. Ten. Seven. No help there. Pair of ladies for the doctor. Dealer receives a nine. Doctor. May I remind you, since you show the highest hand, you control the next bet. Thank you, Dave. So she gets some points for uh you know for, for just that that funny look it's, it's so funny uh but i picked a good old-fashioned techno babble one you know i love me some techno babble oh yeah right so here here's one and this is just like i think this might even be the first loop because this is just them in the conference room doing their normal stuff and well, this is that. That's the cold open, isn't it? Oh, yeah, not the cold open. No, no, no. Okay, second loop that we see. All that's right. right. I forgot. <laughs> First full loop that we see. But um, so, because they're in the Typhon expanse, which is this yeah. place, this, uh, this area of space that nobody's ever gone to before. They're, they're doing what they're supposed to, you know, they're actually doing exploring, going where no one has gone before uh, in the Typhon expanse. Uh, and they want to launch a probe, you know, that to uh to to investigate you know something or other and mm-hmm. but they're doing lumino but the, but unfortunately they're doing luminosity studies and the flux spectrometers are still down for realignment because the stellar <laughs> dynamics lab decided to install new modules i hate when that happens i need some advice <laughs> you know dear abby what do i do <laughs> You know, my flux spectrometers are down for right realignment. What do I do? Uh, and Data's, Data's recommendation is, I recommend we use a graviton polarometer. Pola, a graviton polarometer. <laughs> because it will perform a similar function. And I just thought that was just such a nice, like, conference room, techno babble. Here's, like, the normal work they do. If this was a normal work day, this is just the kind of shit they'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny, too, because, like I said, I like, you know, if, if you like to, th- I like to think about the techno babble and what it means and where it comes from. And I'm wondering why a flex, something called a flex spectrometer and mm-hmm. a graviton polar. Pol- polarimeter would have similar functions <laughs> you know what i mean like this is really interesting yeah. to try to figure out like oh okay <laughs> yeah, you just just hook it up to the you know to a different wire and you know a different a different plug and you know and it'll do basically the same thing <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time i hear it <laughs> so good advice data <laughs> thanks i'll remember hey. that yeah, I mean, also it's something nobody else would think of. Like, yeah, no, nobody else would think <laughs> oh, of okay, this. Geordie yeah. might have thought of it after a while. Yeah, yeah. Geordie would have thought of it. Yeah, definitely. Who would have made it happen? <laughs> okay. 
best advice in magic is so there's there's a lot there's a lot of ideas to get thrown out but it's it's mostly stamets dishing out the advice because he's desperately <laughs> trying to tell people yeah yes because usually he wouldn't tell people things like this yeah um so the first time he tries to do it it is he just runs runs up to Burnham and Tyler and just sort of shouts, Gormaganda, it's a Gormaganda. And they, they get into the lift and it's like, oh, he's a psycho still, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. It's just That's damn terrible. it's high on mushrooms again. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's talking about a Gormaganda or whatever. <laughs> but the second time Stamets tries to explain that they're caught in a time loop, he does a really fantastic job. And he knows that Burnham thinks he's crazy and he's got a sort of a moment of sanity and he repeats simultaneously everything that she says so that to prove to her that this is a time loop. But he also sort of knows that he's not going to get through this entire time loop by explaining everything. He's already run out of time. So he he explains the situation to her and he says, tell me a secret. That way, you'll know that everything I'm telling you is true. And then there's just an absolutely amazing scene where she whispers in his ear and he says, I'm sorry. And you're like, oh, God, what the hell is that secret? That, <laughs> that was a juicy secret. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's like the three. Like, you know, like what did he... You know, yes. What was, yeah, yeah, like, what was Burnham's message <laughs> to the next loop? <laughs> and that he said, oh, I'm sorry for that. And he thought, God, what was that secret that she said? And then... He comes out with he comes out with it that she's never been in love, and that's how which he is so cute. Her. What a cute it, little secret! To tell. It <laughs> is, and it's so it's so it's so perfectly timed as well because she's sort of she's coming, she, you know, she's meeting someone, and this is like her first sort of. You can see it happening with her and Tyler, like mm-hmm. she's attracted to him, but he does question like, "You didn't you spend seven years on the Shenzhou?" <laughs> What were you doing then for seven years? I don't know. I mean, well, it doesn't mean she's never dated anyone. She's never been in love. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know. (laughs) Um, but then we just get a really wonderful scene in the next loop, where Stamets asks Burnham to dance with him, dance with me for science, (laughs) and. We it's such a great line, and then they sort of, <laughs> you know, he he has all the time in the world. He doesn't need to do anything quickly. He just needs to do it right once. Um, and we hear about how Stamets and Kolber fell in love after a, a sort of a rude exchange while Kolber's trying to hum uh, Cassilian opera. And Stamets' advice is never hide who you are. It's the only way relationships work. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is, you know, a foreshadowing of the fact that she or that Tyler is hiding who he is. Terrifying. Um, um, I don't think he she, is. He doesn't who, know. Tyler. Tyler doesn't know. His entire character is hiding. Not not Tyler, but Voke. Tyler's yeah. Voke is hiding, and Tyler is the is the way he's hiding. It's, okay. I, I thought it was foreshadowing. Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> She puts that idea to immediate work, uh, pumping Tyler for info by also. Dancing. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. It is foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's he's not like like actively 
No, he's not. Yeah, okay, I see, but it is, yeah, it's foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah but their relationship doesn't work right. because, yes, because he is hiding who he is. He's hiding who he is. Oh, yeah. I like that. I never thought of that. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. And I have to say, I never caught this before. I didn't yeah, catch this. I, I only caught this this time. Take. Really good um, And then she puts this this advice to immediate work and she gets the info out of Tyler about Mud. And, I mean, Mud's such a delight in this episode. <laughs> He's so I mean, f- absolutely fantastic. Uh, but that we are finding out that she, you know, that she doesn't know Mud. We, you know, only Lorca and Tyler have met Mud. So you have to find out about him from them. I just absolutely love that. Anyway, um, best advice, never hide who you are. It's the only way relationships work from Stamets to Burnham while they're dancing in the hallway. Dance with me for science. I need to see what I'm working with. But say I wanted to step out of my corner. How do people connect in that way? Hugh and I fell in love after I told him to get lost. That doesn't make any sense. Love isn't logical. Yep. Can you let me lead, please? I was in a wonderful cafe on Alpha Centauri when three seats down comes this hideous humming. (laughs) Have you ever heard someone try to hum Cassilian opera? I can't say that I have. Well, I told him to stifle it or sit somewhere else. Instead, he sat right next to me. And he's been there ever since. But after such a rude exchange, why would he do that? I told him how I really felt. And he did the same. And we like that about each other. I'm good at honesty. Never hide who you are. That's the only way relationships work. Yeah, I mean that's that scene is 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 has become one of like my favorite, you know, like that's a classic Trek scene now. <laughs> like this one's it's, one of my favorite things that Discovery's ever done. It, it's a fantastic scene. I mean, yeah. everything about this episode works. Is any? I mean, I've only got one criticism of this episode, and that is when they find out that. When Stamets is up on the bridge and he knows that Mud has to find out who's in charge, he just says, Oh, it's me. It's me. I'm I'm controlling the ship. I'm like, What? Why have yeah, you done that? I think he I think he gives it away too quickly. Too. He gives it yeah. away very quickly. Yeah. And that is the single criticism yeah. I have of this episode. It's otherwise a thing of absolute beauty. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same the same way. This is just a just one of one of the perfect Star Trek episodes, you know, not almost perfect episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think though, when when he does that, I mean, when they do that montage of like all the times that Lorca's died, I yeah. mean, Samets has been blown up that many times. Too. He has. So he. he has. I mean, I, I guess I guess at, at some point you just get like tired of the torture and want to end it's it. Fatigue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So. But I don't know. But uh, I thought it ends up working out okay. It does. <laughs> uh, but best advice but, was yeah, best Stamets, advice. and then yeah. and then he also gave that Harry Mud that advice, and yeah. uh, that was bad advice. <laughs> well, it depends on what outcome you want for him and Stella. Whether or not that was bad advice or good advice. True. <laughs> she apparently doesn't care that he is a criminal. She knows. Who she he is. really doesn't. Stella knows I mean, who he is. 
he's really lucked out, yes. I think, there. Yeah. Although, well, it, you know, doesn't... it's like I don't want to join any club that would have me as a member. Right, right, right. The... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Stella that she's interested in me? <laughs> it's very George Costanza thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> here's this this hot woman who is attracted to me again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to deal with oh, this nonsense never leaves me alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but yeah no great advice that scene's just lovely um that's where my point's going obviously yeah um, love isn't logical oh, it's oh just, love isn't logical yeah. that is beautiful so, and it's, it's so it speaks it's so just, well to the vulcan character that we yeah. that she's got it's, it's, I, I love that I feel we've lost that as well. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a nice thing to say too, to someone who is, you know, coming into her own thinking that she's, you know, found somebody that she has feelings for and wants to pursue that. And, and she's, she's too shy to even want to dance with this guy at first. And so she does a little practice dance with Stamets, you know, and then she, then she can dance with, with Tyler and, Oh my God. And that, and that scene is just, Oh, that scene is so steamy, cute. And I just love it. They're just so cute together. And it's so great. And it's funny too. I like when she's um, like, they they're barely out in the dance floor for like, five seconds she's like so i heard you were trapped in the klingon prison with harry mudd right to the point i love it uh, so uh, and funny. that's so funny and you know, it just shows you that they can they can write because... they can write comedy because yeah yeah that's hilarious that's hilarious <laughs> it's not it's not a joke yeah it's funny though yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. This episode has has it all. I mean, yes. it has. Yeah. But um, and their kiss is is really sweet. I another thing I really like about this um episode is the music that they pick the two the two songs yes. that are like popular music that they just that they add it to Star Trek canon. I I thought were just both wonderful choices. Um, but it's, it's so when they're dancing and hey, I was just coming over to see. Dance? I thought you'd never ask. And and it's Al Green, and it's just oh, it's so so. Yeah. What a wonderful uh, first kiss <laughs> scenario that they both don't remember, which is sad. But <laughs> they'll have another first kiss, and it's it'll be just as wonderful. So I hear you were locked up in that Klingon prison cell with Harry Mudd. Not one for small talk, are you? And I do love that Wycliffe love Sean cover. Oh my god, I... I like first. I love that song. I I'll bet you a million dollars that I have played beer pong to that song as well because <laughs> I was in college when that song came out. <laughs> uh, I bought that song. I can virtually guarantee. Yeah, I can virtually guarantee <laughs> that I have also played beer pong to that song in college. I love I've it. never played beer pong. I don't think that's another oh, very American thing. That, that's an American. Oh, that's definitely an American thing because it's that's what we use our red solo cups for. for. Yeah. And red solo cups. That's another. Yeah, that's an American thing. <laughs> Which I had no idea, you know, that was just an American thing, yeah. But 
I'll teach you how to play. Why are they called solo cups? That's just the company that makes them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. The solo paper company or whatever. But I love that. So then playing beer pong is, is really funny to me. Yes. And Reese is, is I'm sorry, Reese catching it in his in his mouth is pretty hot. And then he goes in for a kiss with Tilly. And Tilly's like sneaky. No. They never yeah. mention that. And they the never whole... mention it again. He got shot down by Tilly and you know The whole the whole Tilly <laughs> the whole Tilly and I'm I like, know. I used to go exclusively for soldiers. Now having a oh musician. Oh my hilarious in this party. It's so good. Oh, it's so funny. So funny. And, oh, the I, part I wish when I'd seen more of this. The part when uh, Stamets is like, "Look over there, a, a drummer or whatever." And she's like, "Ooh," and she just walks, wanders away. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So good. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, so. That's an additional six points to magic. So now magic has 12 and cause and effect has six. Okay. All right. Okay. So for the next. Okay. Oh, no, it's your turn, isn't it? It's your choice. Okay. So for round four, let's, let's, let's go for, let's have some fun with snazziest outfit. Oh, your snazziest outfit. Okay. Snazzy. I'm going to (laughs) give. Runners up awards to the Grimes family, who are incredibly well dressed. Baron Grimes has some excellent <laughs> cape leather work, yes. um, and what looks like an ivory lion's head cane. Very stylish. And Stella <laughs> looks like Baron, she's come. Some of the name Baron, yeah, Baron yeah. Bond, whatever. <laughs> Stella looks like she's come out of an episode of Scooby Doo. Oh my she's god. Just- Totally 80s. Love it. Yeah. Just <laughs> bright orange trousers, really vibrant purple top. It's love, like hard to even look her. at her. Love that. She looks her. like Daphne from <laughs> from Scooby-Doo. Daphne crossed with Velma in the best possible way. Oh, she's great. Um, her earrings, she doesn't she have big earrings? I'll yes. have, to, I have to look at it again, but I remember the earrings. She's got like 80s workout look. She she looks amazing. They both look amazing. Yeah, the, yeah. The um, costume design's amazing. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, points to Tilly, who's in uh, who's in the the shuttle bay, scanning the gormaganda and her open toed shoes, open toed <laughs> sandals, a, a little heel on them. Like, wow, she comes straight oh, from the yeah. party. Yeah, yeah, because she's still in her party outfit. Yeah, she looks really cute. Yeah, she has a very uh, golden zip up the back as well. You might, oh. They still use lips. But my snazziest outfit, how how could it be anything other? I mean, first of all, can we discount Harry Mudd's use of the gormaganda? The outrageously bold move to dress up like a giant space whale, to use it as a suit in order to be beamed aboard the Discovery. What a... An outrageously bold idea. He then exits the beast wearing this fetching, luminous spacesuit with sort of an, an with this enormous Andorian helmet in yeah. a scene reminiscent of any amazing campy 1950s sci-fi. Walks <laughs> out there with a big bug-eyed helmet and the antennae and the luminous chest plate, and he's obviously wearing a spacesuit. These firing laser beams out. Um, the helmets, the helmets, absolutely astonishing, and probably up there with the famous white Star Trek siren helmet. Yes. 
as like <laughs> one of the best helmet best Star Trek's ever, ever produced. Oh yeah. Um, that we don't agree. that we don't have an action figure that sports that helmet. Oh, is we not a have crime. An action figure. How can we not have this action figure? I would buy that in a heartbeat. The, 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 oh I can't believe Playmates has just done two. They, can't, they haven't done a Harry Mudd action figure. He needs an action figure. He does. Oh my god! Yeah, the, I I call it the the um, Andorian Donnie Darko helmet. <laughs> like it oh, has this like Donnie it. Darko quality it. to it because yeah. you know, it's creepy and like in the, in this in this in this grotesque way and it's oh it's so perfect and and when this guy just comes out and you don't know who it is you know he just starts shooting and and what do you do with that you know Burnham's like you know security you know there's casualties blah 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 and no idea and it's 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 such a cool design such a cool design it's wonderful. I'm so glad. I mean, because they, they didn't have to do this. He could have worn anything. Yeah. He could have been immediately Harry Mudd walking out there. Why give him this enormous anime yeah. helmet? Right, especially since it didn't matter because it was a time loop that he was going <laughs> to reset anyway. He could he'd just, you know, worn a, a sign that said, "Hi, I'm Harry Mudd." You know, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Which oh makes my it, god! Yeah. So good, oh my so god. good, so good. Yeah, it's so cool. It's very, very intimidating in a creepy way, in a, like a in like a Batman villain kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really nice, actually. Yeah, it's very Batman. I love it. I love it. So good. Go on, then. Who, who's All looking right, the snazziest so... in uh, cause and effect? So, in cause and effect. Uh, runner-up to Data's poker visor, which I just I love his poker visor. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad so you mentioned it because cute. that's what that's where I would have gone for this. The poker yeah. visor. It's so cute. I I love it. Um, so that that gets an honorable mention, but um, I I wanted to give the point to uh, Crusher's jammies because <laughs> they make me laugh every time. I see crushers jammies they're because the, they're beautiful i love when redheads wear pink like that like it should clash but i don't think it does i think it, i think it like brings out the like the fire and the red hair you know like i just think that, i just think it, that's just a lovely color for her but it's this nice like two piece you know just like two piece jammies with a button down shirt like i like the, they didn't put her in like a nighty or anything they're you know they're like this practical yeah, yeah. Um, but they look not. I mean, they look like they're they're like satiny, like comf- you know, uh, jammies. But actually, she matches the whole day. I'm just having a look at a picture now. She matches the whole decor of the bedroom as well, though, doesn't she? Like the yeah, the bedclothes yeah. are sort of burgundy. Yeah, the headboard yeah. sort of like an off purple. <laughs> it's like wow, she does have the bed to match the room. Yeah. yeah, even the flowers and, are pink. And she has this this funny match. She even has a matching headband. Which is what elevates this to me. She's got yeah. this pink yes. headband, and it looks like a shoelace. It looks like a really long shoelace <laughs> that's like barely hair, uh, holding her her hair back. And I don't remember wearing the like anything like that in the eighties. So I don't know like where this came from, but it's really funny. And I guess I guess you could replicate like uh, it, it matches perfectly. But I guess you could replicate it. You know, you would always have matching headbands, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> if you could just replicate it to whatever outfit you're wearing. But the fun. Right, everything would match. But this funny little shoelace headband that she's wearing, she leaves it on for the scene, the tea time with Picard. I guess it's not tea, it's steamed milk scene with Picard, (laughs) which is funny because she's wearing her uniform and then she has this little pink shoelace in her hair. And it makes me laugh every time. 
Because all I can do during that scene is stare at this this pink shoelace headband that she's wearing. <laughs> and I love it so much. It makes me happy. <laughs> so that's what's getting my point. I mean, that's, what, that's what's... Uh, so that's that's my choice for cause and effect. <laughs> so I have to say, the, I noticed... I mean, I noticed the headband, but I don't think I ever thought that much about the headband. Yeah. And maybe this is... <laughs> Maybe this is a male thing, or maybe it's a bald thing. Oh. I, didn't think about it. I didn't think about it very much at all. Yeah, I guess I guess you wouldn't, you know, if you don't wear headbands. You know what I mean? Because I would have this. Because I, I would assume she was just having it back to keep her hair back, like at bedtime or whatever. But that's funny. Yeah, things you notice. Also, I guess because I've I've seen this episode literally. Not, you know, I've been in a temporal causality loop with, with cause and effect since 1992. You know, I've got, I've had to have seen this episode over a hundred times. Like that would not surprise me. No, you're joking. A hundred times. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't know. I a lot. I have seen this a episode lot. a lot. But um, but yeah. So I guess you just note, you know, start to notice like little things. You know, once you have seen an episode. <laughs> well. Nothing. I mean, nothing so subtle in magic in terms of costuming. No. Uh, I should have mentioned as well the fact that in the party, Tyler's wearing one of those flower necklaces. A la- a oh lay. yeah, he's got a lay, and doesn't he, yeah. he lays? Uh, doesn't he have one for Tilly too? Or yes, or yeah, Burnham, yeah. I don't remember if he uses a Burnham or Tilly. And yeah. that that's funny as well. And it's yeah. just like stuff it's like this. Should add, add nothing. Add nothing yeah. to the story, <laughs> but. It like, adds oh, to that's... the party ambiance, yeah. Yeah, and he's and the fact he's wearing it like the point that there's Tyler over there, and he's got it on. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, there he is wearing his leg. <laughs> um, in terms, that's of how lower decks parties. This is yeah. a lower. This is a lower decks party. Yeah, and you know what? Because we see it, you know. Yeah, there is a lower decks party. Absolutely, yeah. you know they're not they're not listening to the cello or watching. <laughs> Watching someone <laughs> recite a scene from Dickens, they are oh drinking <laughs> and they're kissing and they're dancing and, and they yes, listen to music from yes. the nineties and speeches, you know. And yeah, but that's like, a, it's a war, isn't oh it? It's my a God. war. Yeah. Yes. And that is what that is what would happen. You yeah. get together and you have Your parties in the war. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I would love to go to that party. <laughs> so much fun at that party. I mean, I'd go to the cello recital too, but yeah, I, I guess cello recital. Theoretically, you know, I'd, I'd really be thinking when's this going to end because I want to go to the other party. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'll clap for the cello and then I'll go play beer pong. And I'll feel good. I feel like oh, I've listened to the cello. I'm, I've elevated myself. <laughs> right, but right. I'm, yes. But what I've, I want to do gotten is some drink culture. a beer. Yes, I've gotten some culture now. I need to throw a ping pong ball into a, a red solo cup and chug it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so points. Points. I, I mean, I got to give a point to that 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 helmet. That helmet is is one of the coolest designs in in Star Trek costuming to me. It's just there's just it, something infinitely interesting and creepy and yeah. I, I want to see that helmet all over the place. I want to see more Andorian design. I want to see more unique bespoke alien outfits i, I want to yeah. see this yes i want to see alien technology um i loved it it's got to, I've, I've got to give it to the helmet as well yeah oh man we are caught up in this causality loop and it's, it's not 
changing. We're going to have to figure this out for the next time. We've I got to <laughs> do it again. It'll be very ca- uh, cause and effect specific. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways. So, because now going into the last round here, we only have one more round and it's uh, magic has 24 and cause and effect has six. That's insane. Let's see that what we can do insane. with the last, last category. Okay. The final category um, before the whole loop resets is best ship explosion. <laughs> Gotta love that they both blow up the hero ship. I mean, if the if the end of the causality loop was just they sat down and had a bowl of soup, you, you wouldn't. It <laughs> wouldn't That's be right, the kind pressure of to change things. Like, <laughs> He's got the wrong soup. He's not yeah. drinking the right soup. <laughs> Yeah, you need something something big to uh, yeah. knock you into the next loop. Absolutely. Makes sense. Makes Absolutely. Sense. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I might get some points for this round because this is, this is legitimately cool. I mean, this is, this cold open is, is very jarring. It's very like, oh my God, what is happening hurry up with the credits so that we can get to the to the actual show because i need to know what's happening because yeah. all you all, what it is the, the cold open is just you know the last you know 30 seconds of them before the loop ends and it's them you know you know red, red alert and and you know the core is gonna breach and, and we can't eject the core and it's gonna blow and and all hands abandon ship and it, it, it like uh, Picard's uh, um, Patrick Stewart's delivery of the all hands abandoned ship, like like he screams it in this oh, yeah. it's like That's it's like so terrifying. Good. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Like like I want to hear like we hear it, you know, like four times or whatever, and it, and each time it's still like like that. He's and, got the um, voice. This is why I can never be an actor. Yeah. I couldn't. I haven't got the voice like that. That's what that he does. Voice. He uses his like his stage projection yeah. to like really shout it, and uh, all hands abandoned ship, and then boom our beloved Enterprise D explodes in what's a pretty cool for the time. You have to give me credit that this was 1992. Um, it looks really cool. It's, it's, if they, they literally blew up models, like, like they fit, they usually, that's usually wasn't what they did back then. But since this was like a big part of, you know, this was like the main thing about the episodes. So they literally like put explosives inside a model ship and, and blew it to pieces. Wow, um, so I did it, not know that. Yeah, yeah. So and then it looks it ends up looking really realistic and, and, and pretty cool for nineteen ninety-two, I would say. Um we see it four times. Uh one well, time once you've blown it up. Once you've blown up the model. Right. You, you gotta you gotta get your money's worth. Right, exactly. And um we see it and the um one time's cool because you see the like the fire roll through the bridge before the you see the explosion and that's cool too although that one's a little bit more 1992-ish and that it just it's obviously <laughs> like fire laid on to the you know cell <laughs> um but but just the fact that it happened like like that cold open in and of itself is is one of the coolest things about this episode like, doubtlessly like, and i think like, is, oh, that, is that where it won what? its points last time for best you know, cold no, no, we we didn't, we can't do best cold open because Magic doesn't have a cold open. It's one of the only episodes that doesn't have one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Magic, um, 
I'm sorry, cause and effects points. I, I listened to the old episode uh-huh. in preparation for this, and uh-huh. it was funny to listen to. <laughs> so, I listened to a lot of it as well. I listened to poetry <laughs> at the beginning. We just, you know, and we just seem so, like, young and fresh-faced because it, it was recorded in 2019. <laughs> and that was like, jaded. And yeah, well, <laughs> that was literally, that was the end of 2019 that that was recorded. And oh then everything COVID. happened. Can we reset this? Yeah. Seriously, let's go back to that part of the loop. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So okay. So you gave it a point for Kelsey Grammer. Uh huh. I think it was best guest star. Yeah, and I and w- then, I wouldn't take that back. Yeah. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah. And I I oh, and I gave it a point for excellent special effects moment. Which was the for the um, the, them showing how they uh, um, decompress the shuttle bay. Yes, which I love that. You see all the barrels fly out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love that part. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, so that was good stuff. But all right, so one more category. What's the best ship explosion in Magic? Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm going to go back through. So the, the, obviously the first one is where you see the, the actual ship explode. And that's the, I mean, that's pretty good. And you, you, you see it go, you see it go deck by deck, the flames bursting up the ship and on deck one on the bridge, you hear someone sort of narrating deck four, deck, deck three, deck two. <laughs> and there's like, ah, it's here. And the, the ship erupts and, you know, to paraphrase Mud, there are really so many ways to blow up Discovery. It's almost a design flaw, which I thought was really nice. I love that line so much. Um, <laughs> but the one I've chosen to represent best ship explosion is the second one. Because um, this is pretty good too. And here we get we get Burnham and Tyler in the, well, the engineering room where Mud is trying to figure out What's going on? Uh, what is all this apparatus for? What does it do? And he is saying, come on, time's a ticking. We've only got a few minutes before. And he sort of mimics the explosion with his fingers, sort of euphemistically sort of goes, and gives it a little like, hand explosion. And he, then he's shot in the back by Stamets. And you think, oh, that's, that's pretty cold. But Stamets <laughs> confirms that, this is all going to happen again in a few minutes. We don't really have time. We'll have to catch this on the next loop. I'll find you and we'll explain what's going on. And then he sort of turns to face the explosion and the three of them just, just blow up in the engineering room. <laughs> and it was like, oh, God, that's dark. But also, well, he, it's already happened to him multiple times. He knows he's not going to die. It's just a an unpleasant thing he has to deal with right now. Um, so that second one, it was pretty good. It had the mini hand explosion and then the actual ship explodes and Stamets stoically turns to face it, sort of closes his eyes as a as it erupts around him. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's a it's a it's a nice scene. I mean, they're all good scenes. Um yeah. but uh they go I mean the special effects wise, of course, Discovery's got the benefit of being made today and the special effects are, let's be honest, the second to none. There's there's no more beautiful TV show than than Star Trek currently on TV. Oh, um, for sure. And they they've they've done a good job here as well. The, the explosion looks great. 
but it's 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 really because you see the characters dealing with the explosion and then yeah. being engulfed by flames and you know the sort of resigned look Stamets has got as he's engulfed in in fire right yeah um yeah <laughs> that's it and and Stamets has knows what it feels like to be blown up yeah over and over and over and over and over yeah <laughs> But he seems okay about it. I mean, he's not seems loving okay. it, but he's dealing with it. He is. He, he's 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 surprisingly well adjusted for someone that this is happening to. I really feel like the time loop really helped him sort of figure some stuff out. Yeah. I think what he needed was just a few thirty-minute time loops to really get his <laughs> get his act together. And then suddenly he's like less confused, more focused. Yeah, he's adjusted to the tardigrade DNA yeah. a little bit after this. It helps him. Maybe yeah. he needs that. Maybe it's sort of a beneficial step in your yeah. your uh, merging with tardigrade DNA. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel this so, is quite an important point for us to sort of award. It is. It is. And I, I, I feel, feel like confident. This, I feel this determines whether we actually close the loop or not. <laughs> well, I feel confident in where I want to give my point here because... It's undeniable that the Discovery um, special effects are are second to none. Yeah, I mean it. It it, it the explosions are incredible, and yeah. the ship exploding like when you see like the the full ship, but though it, like it's it's in, it's really incredible special effects. However, the degree of difficulty in a 1992 explosion versus a what is it 2000 and so this came out in 2017 yeah october 2017 um and i'm giving points to cause and effect for just being so bold as to just in the cold open blow up your hero ship and do that and have it make sense why it's reversed like you know what i mean like the time loop makes that okay like it wasn't like a red herring you know what I mean? Like you see them trying to do like, like, like I can't think of an explosion version of this, but like, like Trip Tucker's funeral in similitude. It's a red herring because yeah. Trip Tucker's yeah. not really dead. It's similitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think Trip Tucker's dead, but it's not. And here, yeah, the Enterprise D really did explode. You know, <laughs> That really happened over and over and over again. And, and finally, eventually it didn't. Um, and you knew that it eventually, you know, they'd exit the time loop, but still like seeing that happen. And not knowing why or what was or how they're gonna how do you how do you get out of that you know not knowing that when you first saw that it's just just it's very it's it, very cleverly done and it's very cleverly done so it might it not be pulls as you back in, doesn't it? yeah so it might not be as impressive tech you know technology wise as the 2017 you know CGI explosions but the but the way they use that as a plot device versus like magic which is just like okay he ends the loop and it's an explosion and that you know what i mean but but the one you picked made that a little bit better because yeah because it wasn't about the explosion it was more about like seeing the characters like yeah dealing like with the explosion being engulfed in flames the human and, impact yeah yeah so but I, I feel i feel good giving my points to cause and effect for this one i think I'm also going to give my points to cause and effect for this one because I do feel like seeing the Enterprise D explode is not something... We don't see it 
particularly often, except when you watch Cause and Effect and you see it many, many times. Um, but it is it is a shock, isn't it? It's it's a good yeah. job. It's well done, and you know it is the time loop I remember, like the that 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 shit blowing up, unless I can go back in time and restop it, um, and it happening again and again and again. It's great, and the fact that actually blew up a model to make it, I feel that adds a an, a degree of credibility that today's exploding starships just don't have. <laughs> so I'm very happy to give my point to cause and effect as well. All right. So that that's it. We've so, we've resnapped. This is our first resnap. Yeah. This this is our first resnap, and I think we needed to resnap it. Yeah. But I think we've done cause and effect a little bit better. Yes. So what's the uh, what's the scores on the doors? What are we looking at? So the final score. Magic Shake the Sanest Man Go Mad has 18 points right. and Cause and Effect has 12 points. So that's, that's virtually equal. Eight to, you... it was, yeah, it was 8 to 4. Does that make sense? No. no. 6 to 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, 6 to 4 because there's 10 points total. <laughs> 6 to 4. So Cause and Effect so is, is creeping back up. So if we do this, if we do this three more times... Eventually, cause and effect will come out 10, 10 nil. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, I mean, what would get us out of the loop? You know, that, that this being respectable, I think, gets us out of the loop. I know? think so. I but think I think, I think, yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, we could have picked different. If we wanted to manipulate it to give cause and effect more points, we could have. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, best with, poker with scene. Yeah. <laughs> best best <laughs> android. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it, but... Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely more respectable. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this anyway because they're both such great episodes. Like, like if it had a cause and effect is 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 wonderful. But if it had to lose, like I mean, like you said, magic to make the Saints Mango mad is 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 almost flawless to me as an as an episode of television. It's absolute. I mean, I honestly forgot how much I loved it, and I do say yeah. this a lot about Discovery, particularly that when I go back and rewatch it. I think I enjoyed it more. I enjoy it more on the rewatch yeah. than I enjoyed it before, yeah. but I honestly really loved it. Yeah. And I was laughing and like yeah. smiling at what was happening. It was great. Uh, and the, just the way they do the, the Lorca death scenes. Oh it's my God. So, it's so well shot. So well shot. Yeah. It's so funny. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> So many like different ways. Visual humor as well. Like yeah, the way he's yeah. walking around the hall, sort of like leaning in to walk somebody past and then tapping on a control. It, it's so well done. And and I love too how it's it's about his revenge against Lorca, but it's really not about that. It, it ends up you know what I mean? Like we don't get to see like like it's it's not about that. It's about Burnham and and Stamets. And <laughs> and it's funny because Lorca just does his best Lorca, which is just like uh, like rolling his eyes, you know, like he does with the Gormaganders. Like I don't care what you do with the stupid Gormagander. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, what, what are you doing for yeah. another whole series that was just like this? Oh, that was yeah. Just this cast, this crew. What I want is, I want, I want Discovery series one point five. Yeah. I, I want this. I want the Klingon War. I want Lorca. I want Tyler. I just thought this dynamic was just spot on. I want Culver and Stamets together. 
I want Stamets and Tardigrid DNA. I just thought it was yeah. so perfect. Yeah, the, uh, honestly, season one's still my favorite of Discovery. It, but I, and yeah. I just and they didn't do too many of these like one off. Like I can't even think no, of another one besides Magic. That, that's a like a like a truly standalone episode like that. And, it, and I, I, I just I do think the series. I do think the episodes do have a lot of the episodes, despite being a big story, they do have that distinct identity, which I worried will get lost when Some they said they would do this sort of long. Some of them do, yeah. Um, but I do think there's like there are episodes you can say, well, this is the episode where they do this, or this is the episode yeah. where they do that. I do think a lot of the episodes have that. Um, yeah, and I, I won't give the any mirror universe bits do all blend together for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I won't give anything away that happened in season four, but I'm I'm hopeful for season five that maybe that they'll they'll have some room to breathe and actually just give these characters like. Like some scenarios, that, you know, put them in a weird scenario, like this magic scenario, and see what they do. Like, you know, we have such great characters, like, but That's they're all too, they're always too busy saving the universe that we don't get to, to just watch them solve problems and do things, which is you yeah. know, which is I want, I kind of want that. So that's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, because there's um, these characters are insane. Like they're so great, you know, like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a single unlikable character. You know, no, on the dis- on the discovery, and I they're just awesome. I just want to see them get to you know do random stuff. <laughs> you know? Okay. So what are right. we doing for episode fifty one? Ooh. Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting. Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And in the next episode of Snap Trek, we are going to be standing trial in alien courtrooms as we compare Enterprise's judgment with DS9's tribunal. <laughs> so the jury is out until the next episode of Snap Trek. <laughs> very interesting. Okay. I don't object. <laughs> very good. <laughs> We'll have to think of all kinds of fun legal categories for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Jen, do you have anything right. else that you would like to say before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, for everyone uh, listening to us today and for 50 episodes. If you listen to any of the 50, I simultaneously thank you and apologize to you. For <laughs> no, to- I rescind that apology. <laughs> You're lucky to have us. <laughs> lucky to have you. Oh <laughs> uh, no, but it's been so much fun doing this uh, with you, Ross, and and I'm just I'm really glad that we've done fifty, and hope we do fifty at least fifty more. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's definitely fifty more of these. <laughs> well, that's the thing with over 800 episodes. There's there's a lot. It's, we've barely scratched the surface. We've, we've barely, barely scratched, scratched the, surface. the surface. Yeah, so much. More. Jen, that is a nice thing to say. So thank you very much for that, Jen. And it is a genuine pleasure and privilege to do this with you oh, every couple of weeks. You. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, everyone. It's been good. So uh, live fast and prosper. Captain, we're being hailed by the other vessel. Computer identifies it as a USS Bozeman, a Federation starship. Soyuz class. Soyuz class? They haven't been in service in over 80 years. Open a channel. This is Captain Morgan Bateson of the Federation Starship Bozeman. 
Can we render assistance? I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. We were just going to ask you the same thing. Captain Picard, your vessel is not familiar to us. Captain, have you any idea what has just happened? Our sensors detected a temporal distortion. Then your ship appeared. We nearly hit you. The Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. You must be mistaken. We left Starbase only three weeks ago. Captain... Do you know what year this is? Of course I do. It's 2278. Perhaps you should beam aboard our ship. There's something we need to discuss. <laughs>